You're listening to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm Erica. And I'm Kelsey. We're two former next door neighbors and good friends who love a good chat and a good laugh. We're inviting you to come on in, have a drink, and stay a while. Hey, friend. Hey, friend. So welcome, everybody, to our spring edition of the Girl Next Door book club. Every quarter, we choose a book to read and discuss here on a special episode. And if you read and listen along with us, you're in the book club. So this time we read Ask Again, Yes by Mary Beth Keene. And there is lots to discuss. There will be spoilers. Mm -hmm. So make sure you just pause this episode. That's right. Save it for after you finish the book if you do intend to read it. But let's start as we usually do with a little bit of a synopsis. Um, Okay. Francis Gleason and Brian Stanhope, rookie cops in the NYPD, live next door to each other outside the city. What happens behind closed doors in both houses, the loneliness of Francis's wife, Lena, and the instability of Brian's wife, Anne, sets the stage for the explosive events to come. Ask Again Yes is a deeply affecting exploration of the lifelong friendship and love that blossoms between Kate Gleason and Peter Stanhope, born six months apart. One shocking night, their loyalties are divided and their bond will be tested again and again over the next 40 years. Luminous, heartbreaking, and redemptive, Ask Again Yes reveals the way childhood memories change when viewed from the distance of adulthood. Villains lose their menace, and those who appeared innocent seem less so. Kate and Peter's love story, while haunted by echoes from the past, is marked by tenderness, generosity, and grace. Okay, so let's start with as we always do, giving your grade and kind of some general thoughts on the book. Okay. All right. So I think overall, I think I'm going to give this a B minus. Okay. I didn't love it. Okay. I didn't hate it. Um, I'll be curious to see how I feel after our discussion. Sometimes yeah, that sometimes changes, it changes, right. changes things. At this point, I'm not sure if I would recommend it. Like, like I said, I didn't hate it, okay. but I just don't know if it, I just didn't leave it feeling like I want to tell everyone about okay. it. Um, so, but first let me start with what I liked. It did feel like a very real portrayal mm-hmm. of something that could happen in real life. Yeah. And I think that that can be really hard to do where you portray people like these could be your next door neighbors or that a friend is telling you about. And I think that's hard. It's hard to write believable characters and scenarios, especially when some of those scenarios are like pretty dramatic. Exactly. And so just the way they describe the characters Mm -hmm. and they, the way she described the events leading up Mm -hmm. to, you know, the big culmination, you could just kind of see, okay, yeah, that could happen. Like I could imagine a friend or a friend of a friend telling me about that. So yeah. Um, However, I think maybe just because it was almost in that more real life way, it wasn't as much of an enjoyable escape that I like to get Mm -hmm. from my book. So I think Mm -hmm. maybe that is one of the reasons why I didn't like it as much. Um, I do really like that later on in the book, we got background and context for Anne Stanhope, Peter's Mm -hmm. mom, Mm -hmm. because, you know, for it felt like the first half of the book for quite a while, she was just very mentally unstable or just very unfriendly. Yeah, and like, you just, what actually happened? Yeah, <laughs> and you just didn't get any reason yeah. for that. And it was kind of like, okay, like someone can have, you know, just that mental instability right. state of right. mind. But then I, I like that it gave some background and context mm-hmm. of her life in Ireland. And mm-hmm. it just kind of, it made her, it made me more empathetic to her. Yeah, which, like a more well-rounded character. Yes, which mm-hmm. I, I really wasn't feeling before at all. <laughs> she made it tough, let's be real. <laughs> she did. Um, I really like the, just the references 
and I guess just the context of how the understanding and treatment of mental health changed mm-hmm. over time. Mm-hmm. Just that time we were from the 70s mm-hmm. into the 2000s. Like really our lifetime, which was interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that was really interesting to see. And just from the perspective of uh, like suburban women. Yeah. Like women that are living totally. very similar lives, um, maybe that you and I would be mm-hmm. living, but just so much more isolated. Things mm-hmm. weren't talked about as much mm-hmm. and just seeing how that affected mm-hmm. everyone, like everyone involved. I will say too, at times I did find the writing really beautiful and mm-hmm. it like captured a feeling or a moment so well. Mm-hmm. I didn't find that throughout. I was just like, oh, the writing is so beautiful, but there were there were times like certainly the writing didn't get in the way of the story. Like it didn't bother me or anything. Um, And then it really shone at some, at some points. Um, Okay. So what I didn't like, I didn't find myself completely invested in any of the characters. It Mm. seemed like I, I didn't find, I don't know. Sometimes they just weren't. You couldn't get behind anybody. So I don't know. (laughs) I didn't feel like I got, Oh, like the depth that I really wanted. They didn't just like come alive off the page for me in in something that I wanted. And okay. I think maybe part of that was the maybe the switch in the perspective and the pacing I didn't okay. really like. I okay. felt like we would spend kind of a while and get kind of deep into like Francis and Lena's life. Mm-hmm. And we were really into that. Mm-hmm. But then we would switch and then we'd spend kind of a long time with someone else. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't always get to know, well, what's happening with Francis and Lena and kind of the timeline would, would go from this couple to this couple to the next. And we weren't always going back and forth. So I just felt like sometimes I was kind of missing something. Okay. Um, let's see. And so I think part of that was just a little, a little bit of the pacing. Um, I don't know. Sometimes it felt a little, a little jolted for me. Um, a couple of other things that I just didn't love as much. So later in the book, when Kate and Peter are together and Anne, Peter's mom, is stalking them mm-hmm. and Kate notices mm-hmm. for years, mm-hmm. I was just wondering, like, is it really believable that Peter would not notice when, when Kate is noticing mm, all mm-hmm. those times, especially just because it seems like Peter would be more attuned or maybe just by that point, he had just really given up on Written his mother off, yeah. completely. Like after that last time he went and was turned away. Right. That's kind of the impression I got is that he was like, just like close that door. Yeah. Like emotionally, mentally, like turned mm-hmm. that off. And Kate yeah. was always kind of more like, because she had to convince him right to maybe let her back in you know mm-hmm. so i don't mm-hmm. know just kind of worried i just was thinking especially like with his cop training and stuff yeah. would he not just yeah. notice something so anyway um there was there was kind of that and then something else i think this is this is very particular to me but there is often i i've read it several times in books there's kind of this theme or this trope of like a young couple so in love settles down and but then just the mundane suburban life kind of gets to them they get Mm -hmm. in their patterns their Mm -hmm. love kind of uh dampens or fizzles and they grow distant as they get Mm -hmm. older and i think on the one hand that is a common theme because that is a common experience because that happens yeah happens a lot for me personally, it is not my experience. And you and, feel like rage against that comment. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. so. I'm like, just because you are living this yeah. quote unquote normal life, like 
there's nothing doesn't mean it has to be boring yeah there's and nothing dull extraordinary and, yeah. and exciting about my life like work kids school mm-hmm. washing dishes folding laundry mm-hmm. but i find it so fulfilling mm-hmm. you know like i find the fulfillment in it and and it's okay if not everyone does but i think just because i can't i don't i don't relate to mm-hmm. that that then when i see it come up fairly often in books it feels um i, I don't know just i don't know I don't like, I don't like it, it doesn't much. resonate with you. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. That makes sense. Um, okay. So I, I do have two quotes that I wanted to share. So the first comes from the prologue. And mm. I think this actually speaks to the theme of the book when I was um, kind of rereading it, mm-hmm. preparing for this. And this is from the perspective of Francis. Mm. There was no predicting where life would go. Mm. There was no real way for a person to try something out, see if he liked it, because you try it and you try it and you try it a little longer, and next thing, it's who you are. Mm-hmm. And I, I did really like that. And I think that can be very true for how adult life can yes. go. Especially that young adult, mm-hmm. you're all of a sudden in this thing, yeah. and you're all of a sudden a parent. And Yeah. yeah. And um, it can become more and more difficult to change things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes you might maintain that point of view, like, no, this isn't really my life. This is just kind of this phase. Yeah. But then suddenly 10 years later, oh man, that kind and of is what life happens I've when you're always waiting for the next thing, mm-hmm. right? Well, when I get this job right. or when the kids are bigger or mm-hmm. what, and then in the meantime, your life is like kind of passing you yeah, by. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the other quote that I wanted to share from Peter's perspective Um, this is much farther along in the book when he and Kate are already married and he's kind of reflecting on their relationship Mm -hmm. and kind of how they're viewing it in different ways. It was exhausting to think about it all the time, to drag the weight of their shared history around with them every minute of the day. Mm -hmm. They won. They were together. Why go over it again and again? Kate thought about their wedding day as a conclusion to something, where he thought about it as a beginning, rising action versus falling action. They were reading different books. Mm. And I think I liked that description better in terms of like a, a marriage where two people aren't quite on the same right. page. Like, like how it gets to that exactly. point where it's like monotony and you exactly. just kind of don't deal with deeper in- issues. Instead and- of just saying, I think what I don't like about that theme is it almost just seems inevitable. Yes. Like, yes. oh, once you get settled in, you're going to yeah. like your love is going to fade yeah. and you're just going to grow distant. But this, I, I really like that. And I thought that was really interesting how for her, um, it was like, yes, we've achieved everything. We're, we're married. Right. And Put then, it on autopilot. Yeah, kind of exactly. A thing. Yeah. And for him, it was different. So that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's kind of, that's kind of how I felt about the book. I would love to hear what you yeah. thought. Yeah. Okay. Well, I give this book an A. I loved it actually more than I've loved a book in a while. Oh. And I actually listened to it. Okay. Which, interesting. Did you Some, read it? I read it. Okay. Sometimes that gives you different perspective. Yeah. I do think that that really helped with highlighting something this author did really well, which was this white space and this emotional tension. Mm -hmm. And I think even in the writing, it sometimes might've felt like, um, I don't know, like choppy, but Mm -hmm. if you're listening to it and it's like dialogue with these pauses Mm -hmm. and these short sentences and you get the emotion behind it, there's Mm -hmm. so much like loaded conversation in this book. Right. And like just little nuance of relationship. And Mm -hmm. so I feel like listening to that was really, um, helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, 
Okay, so a couple, a couple things. First of all, I read a, a just like a review on like the back of the book kind of uh-huh. thing on Amazon, you know, and it said, it's by Maureen Corrigan, like her little blurb on the book or whatever. She's another author, but she just said, one of the most unpretentiously profound books I've read in a long time, Modestly Magnificent. Hmm. And I thought that that captured exactly why I love this book. Mm-hmm. It's just, it is very realistic. It's very... um it's not flowery in terms mm-hmm. of like the love stories or the, there is no clear, and maybe that's why it's sometimes hard to like connect with a character, but there is no clear good guy, bad guy. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is, this is life mm-hmm. and the mess of life and the complication of addiction and mental health and, mm-hmm. um, you know, growing up with trauma and all of the different things. Um, I actually really loved the pacing in the timeline. Mm-hmm. I felt like she did a good, I got this sense of this like tide going out and in reading mm-hmm. the book mm-hmm. where she would go in and kind of backfill what just happened. Uh-huh. So sometimes that would mean jumping to a different character's right. line. But in my, I had this like very, it was interesting that you said that because I actually had a note that it was, um, that I specifically noticed that I liked the way she oh, did okay. that. That okay. it felt like this backfill that uh-huh. was always relevant. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> I think so. Yeah, I love. I like that part. I think another thing that it did really well was um, emphasized how we're all connected, mm-hmm. and there is no, um, there's nothing you can do in life that doesn't affect somebody mm-hmm. else. It just there just isn't, especially when you're talking about family and relationships mm-hmm. and. I think that the multiple perspectives perspectives of mm-hmm. Anne and Peter and Kate and Francis, which I think were the only ones that were like you got inside their head. Yeah. Um, it kind of reinforced this interconnectedness of storylines of like, you cannot have one without the other. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I think that something else was really interesting. I saw an interview with her on Jimmy Fallon. Oh, okay. And she's another author, much like the last book we read that I feel like I want to be friends with. Like she actually won some kind of contest to get on Jimmy Fallon and she like shamelessly asked everybody to vote for her, but it really worked and it like gave her book all this momentum and now it's been on the New York Times bestseller list forever. But so he was interviewing her and he was saying he loved the book and she was like, she was basically saying her concept for the book is like, yeah, if Romeo and Juliet were real people who had lived and then had to deal oh, with like family trauma and, mm-hmm. you know, this mentally unstable person and addiction and whatever, mm-hmm. but in a very realistic way, not in like an overly dramatic, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a way. Right. It's actually in development as a limited miniseries already. Oh. I don't know. Reese Witherspoon probably bought it. Right. She buys all the good uh-huh. ones. Um, something else she talked about in the interview with Jimmy, he was asking her about... Um, doing a lot of research, like how did she write the characters so believable? And she said she did a lot of talking with cops, specifically NYPD cops. Interesting. And she really did not want to make it a cheesy crime book, like with cheesy cop characters, which is so done often. Um, And actually Jeremiah's dad was a cop and a detective right around the same time Mm -hmm. frame. So I feel like I had like, I I felt like the cops were very real Mm -hmm. and relatable and it definitely echoed a lot of things we saw with like the kind of the boys club Mm -hmm. that goes on and protecting bad behavior with Mm -hmm. cops and covering things sometimes, Mm -hmm. but also like there's a limit. Like, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that was really well written Mm -hmm. to me and felt it rang very true. Um, I thought that there was, a just a subtlety and a nuance in all of the difficult situations in the book. It was not traumatic things, 
being overly dramatic Mm -hmm. and not that there isn't drama involved, but you can, there's a difference between trauma and drama. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I, I think that she did a really good job of showing how like you, how, you know, Brian could just be done Mm-hmm. And and not dealing with it his own way. And Peter could still be loyal to his mom, even though she was a wackadoo right. for most of his childhood. Yeah. And like, I th- it's just not as simple as like good guy, bad guy, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's true. And how that can evolve over time, too, mm-hmm. if, if given the right help. I think something else that was super well emphasized in this book is that um, people, when people are truly like bad and you have to write them off is when they refuse to deal with their things mm-hmm. which is brian stanhope mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. actually Anne dealt with her stuff right. i mean she was forced to right but then actually started to care about her own right. well-being and got the right medication and mm-hmm. did the right things and brian just shut off from his life right and even your point about the domestic decline right mm-hmm. i think that that is often a symptom of not dealing with deeper yeah, things I and agree. i think that even in kate and peter's marriage that's what it was mm-hmm. it was okay, we have this past trauma, but I'm looking at it this way. You're looking at it this way. We're not actually talking or dealing. Yeah. And I feel like her going out to Anne finally was mm-hmm. like, no, we're going to deal with this mm-hmm. in our marriage and stop this like gradual decline. Forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he was numbing with alcohol and mm-hmm. she was pissed and like, mm-hmm. you know, it was, um, but I think that that is such a common thing. And I don't yeah. think it's a common thing just because everybody's lazy. I right. think it's a common thing because people don't want to invest in and it's hard their emotional health or mental health or don't want to deal with past issues. Right. And it becomes, okay, well, you can only live a certain level of like happiness that mm-hmm. way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I just yeah. thought that that was all super, super realistic and believable. And there was just, yeah, there was just beautiful relationships in there, but they weren't, again, overly sickeningly sweet like you don't want i don't know you want it to be you don't want just this like over the top romeo and juliet you want flawed people Uh who decide to like work it out and Mm -hmm. i i don't know i just absolutely loved it so (laughs) i would give it an a okay um okay let's get into a couple of these things more specifically so who do you think is the most likable character in the book and then the least okay i think the most likable character was george stanhope me too i loved him so much he was amazing so much he was just amazing i i can't remember exactly but i believe it was peter later in his you know adult life reflecting on when he went to go live with his uncle george and realizing that george was like 29 yeah, at the time yeah so young yeah like barely honestly he was like 14 when peter was yeah. born or something like that like right barely an adult mm-hmm. himself and just no questions asked yep yeah. you can stay yeah. here it like anything you need and just those beautiful little things where you know first they were eating just on paper plates all the oh, time gosh. and then I, he I like teared then up he at got this. the yes. he got the plates yes. you know and the dresser for Peter and yeah stuff. just mm-hmm. all of those subtle ways that he was being the dad that now mm-hmm. Peter didn't have or just mm-hmm. that maybe he never had so um yeah. And, and I did like the way it was portrayed. Like it, it wasn't over the top. Like right. you said, like it did feel like in a very real way, yeah, like he like still this, was a flawed human. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. this New York steel yeah, worker yeah. would do it, but it's like expressing that yes. love. And, yeah. and, you know, he's not sure what Peter needs and he doesn't want to, you know, yeah. doesn't know how much Peter even knows about like his right. mom's past and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So 
anyway, um, he was, he was just really great. I really liked it. Um, when remember George goes with Peter when he's going to go tour colleges, goes to Elliot yes, college I love that part and too. then, um, he lets Peter go off on his own and then he goes and he talks to a security guard. Yeah. And I felt yeah. like that was like, like that is the person at the level that George could relate yeah, like to. Like that blue collar kind yeah, of. Yeah. But also saying, you know, like, how are you treated? What are the kids like here? Yeah. Are they really entitled and yeah. stuck up? You yeah. know, like I real, I thought that was just so realistic and sweet and clever that that's what he would do but also what a smart way to get a read on right the, right. the place like he's you know? not gonna be interested necessarily he's like i don't i don't care about all that the like, academics whatever tour, do yeah. they pay you okay <laughs> exactly. are the kids what's your union like? are the kids yeah. jerks here yeah. like okay it seems like an okay place um and then uh, least likable is his brother Brian agreed. Stanhope. Agreed. I I, I could, had the exact two written down. Yeah, I just I like Anne is so unlikable because uh, you know at first like she's just at first you don't know what's going on and yeah. she just is so mean and unneighborly and unfriendly and then of course she shoots somebody right. and she <laughs> not a know, very likable task <laughs> exactly and you just hear about all the you know ways she's really a horrible unloving yeah. um mom and it just was interesting because it seemed like for a while that Brian was trying to protect Peter and you know step in mm-hmm. and and not let Anne mm-hmm. you know harm him or say things mm-hmm. like that to him and but then yeah once that happened with Anne and she was taken away I guess mm-hmm. like how quickly Brian just pieced out yeah and I feel like I don't know if we ever got any explanation other than it was hinted at that really he had his issues too, but maybe they just, they just weren't visible. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I I thought it was so surprising that he was just like, Nope, not a dad anymore. Peace out. See you later. Didn't even leave him anything in his will Mm -hmm. to, Mm -hmm. you know, just to make any amends or any indication. Like I've, I've been thinking about you all these years anyway. Yeah, I totally agree. So George was my favorite. I just loved his sense of humor and it was very realistic. It's not like he went, again, not not in a way, you know, even sometimes this happens with like someone takes on that role of like father figure mentor and all of a sudden they're spouting advice and just right. acting in a way that doesn't feel true uh-huh. to their character. I think about American Marriage mm-hmm. and when they were in jail and he met his dad mm-hmm. and his dad is all of a sudden this wise sage. sage and right. has no rough gotcha. edges and it's just like that is just not how that would go down I don't think. Yeah. So I love that George was very relatable. He just was like helping in these practical ways. Um, I really loved Kate too. Mm-hmm. I thought Kate was like she had her own issues too, but I feel like overall she was like a straight shooter. Mm -hmm. She had goals. She Mm -hmm. still wanted to work. Mm -hmm. She still wanted to, she got to a point with Peter where she's like, I love you enough to say this is enough. Mm -hmm. Like we're Mm -hmm. done with this. I'm still going to support you, but like I'm going out there and addressing the fact that your mom is sitting out there. Mm -hmm. And I even thought when that was happening, that maybe that was her way of saying like, you know, she's out there too. Mm -hmm. Like, you won't admit it. Yeah, you won't actually call anything what it is here. And so I'm going to. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that's, I can just relate to that. I feel like that's yeah. what I would do in that situation that felt right, like resonant with me. Um, I liked that she, I, but I liked that that was believable too, that she has loved him her whole life and mm-hmm. she didn't want to believe this about him, mm-hmm. you know, and looked the other way with his drinking for a long time mm-hmm. and 
or was like, is it actually a problem? And I right. do think some of these things are like a gray line, like where so. or gray area. Like, mm-hmm. how do you know when it's become a problem? Right. And how do you know when someone's being all the way truthful with you and mm-hmm. that difficulty in a relationship? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think least least liked was Brian Stanhope for me too. Uh, it's really interesting though, because I do think that there's this point being made here in the story about especially Anne's redemption, Mm -hmm. it is making this clear contrast of like who actually ended up being able to be a parent to Peter Mm -hmm. in in the best way that she could. And that George was doing the best he could to be a parent. She was doing the best she could and nobody was perfect, but Brian's the one who just refused. But it was, but I, I really think it was making this point. Like it usually when people are a holes, it's because of something that they're not dealing with. Mm. Like, there's not a lot of people in the world that are just evil or completely right. careless about everybody else's feelings that don't also have their own issues. Yeah. And so he was a bit more functional with it. He mm-hmm. was on the job. He was, but mm-hmm. then they talked about how he had been disciplined on the job mm-hmm. when Peter was going for his, um, his like background check or right. whatever. They talked about like, Oh, your dad had issues even before that happened right. with his gun. And yeah. then, um, that basically when they were telling the story of what happened that night, that he basically like Just, knew she had the gun and went upstairs, yeah. leaving his son in danger, leaving right. her to possibly right. shoot herself or whatever. Mm-hmm. She, he didn't know what she was going to do, but was okay but, with yeah, all of it because, seems... and you don't do that if you're in a good place. Like yeah. he was mentally shut down at the very least mm-hmm. alcoholic. I think George said, yeah, he was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and even George admitted he had issues with alcohol. He's like, now I only allow myself two beers during right. a, a Mets game or whatever yeah. it is. Just like, I just loved that grit in this mm-hmm. story. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So those were my characters. Um, okay. So there are so many just quietly profound scenes in this book. And I think actually something interesting is I feel like really the the only scene that stood out as like, whoa, that's like kind of fantastical mm-hmm. in some way was the shooting scene. Mm. And everything else felt this like quiet, serious, like more subtle to Mm -hmm. me, which I thought was an interesting contrast. Mm -hmm. So are there one or two scenes that really stand out to you? We talked about a couple with Mm -hmm. George, but yeah. Um, Two scenes that felt very significant to me. um, And I guess that surprised me. The first was when Anne and Lena discover that Kate and Peter have been out Mm -hmm. like together Mm -hmm. and playing. Mm -hmm. I this wasn't the night that they snuck out together. I think they were just like out, had met up like in the boulders or something. Mm -hmm. And both of the moms were so upset. And when Lena slaps Kate, Mm. do you remember? It was Mm -hmm. just so surprising because Lena had been, you know, kind of the quote unquote good Mm -hmm. mom. And Anne is the one that was so against their relationship. Mm -hmm. And so it was just very surprising to see Lena so worked up about it to the point that she slapped her daughter, which you hadn't seen any kind of behavior like that from her before. And I guess I'm still maybe just a little bit confused about it because later, and maybe this is just a change of heart, you know, later when Francis is so against Kate and Peter being together and everything, Mm -hmm. Lena's the one that's like, you know what? It's young love. Like Mm -hmm. who knows where it's going to go, but the more we try to fight it, the more she's going to dig in, dig in. So let's just kind of let it go. So I don't know if at that point she just was still trying to control Kate or, you know, she definitely had pent up feelings about 
just her own loneliness. Yeah. And, and, and like that situation, like feeling, I feel like she felt like something was not right there. Yes. And was like almost acting like, like protectively, protective. but then like freaking out on right. her. Like you just seriously just stay away from it. Right. You know, exactly. I think it very much was just mm-hmm. a heat of the moment. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that just kind of surprised me. Yeah. That it I forgot came about to that. that. Mm-hmm. And so that is memorable to me. Um, and then I think the other scene that just was so memorable, memorable to me is much later when Anne has been invited back into Kate and Peter's lives. And then when um, Kate needs to take Peter to rehab yeah. like right now. Yeah. And so Anne is there watching the kids because that's yeah. the only person they can get. And then Francis ends up coming over yeah. and they have an unexpected, mm-hmm. you know, suddenly meeting. Um and it was just interesting how civil they were able to be mm-hmm. and the perspective they were both able to be. And I think it was kind of this thing for both of them. I mean, especially for Francis, just confronting this monster that altered the course yeah. of my life. Yeah. And yet here she is sitting in front of me, this, um, you know, he hasn't even seen her in years, right. like a grandmother right. with gray hair, mm-hmm. frail you know, doesn't have the rage and mm-hmm. whatever that she and a little to like have. insecure with the kids, where mm-hmm. he has this relationship with them. Exactly, and that was he an has the familiarity. Mm-hmm. Like this is really his territory. Right. And anyway, that just it felt. Um, yeah, I think I think it did feel realistic. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know what what would you actually do if thirty plus years later yeah. you're confronted with this person? Yeah. It's like it, she's not even the person that did that to right. him anymore in in so many ways. And it's so interesting too because I think scenes like that often are overwritten in books where it's like yeah. then they have this or, dramatic mm-hmm. you know conversation and it's like in reality mm-hmm. there's two kids right there mm-hmm. and it's awkward and often what you do then is like default to the buffer like mm-hmm. oh we have these grandkids in common and like yeah let me show you what they usually right. do at bedtime or yeah. like you often because do that you, in you situations even like process that. it mm-hmm. in the moment mm-hmm. i mean you're not it'd be one thing if he knew okay i'm about to go see her yeah. what am i going to say how's it going to be just to be surprised yeah. by it you wouldn't even know you would just be like default to just being polite right kind of right you know yeah so anyway I thought no, that I love was that scene interesting too. and well done as well. And just like this unspoken kind of um, forgiveness without, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? There was something beautiful even in her sake because she was so territorial mm-hmm. when they were neighbors mm-hmm. and so like not willing to share of anything and whatever. And she even said like, well, I should go. The kids would probably prefer you to right. be here. Yeah. Like this, just this acquiescence yeah that really showed like her growth and her Mm -hmm. um health at that time right like as to as best as she could be Mm -hmm. um there are scenes with george that literally made me cry like Mm. when he um yeah they're eating off the paper plates and stuff and he just kind of like one day when peter's at school like goes and gets like the wicker dresser mm-hmm. and the plates and whatever. And he's just like, oh, it looks pretty nice around here, yeah. right? Like yeah. I'm getting domestic. Right. Um, and then with the phone. Yes. When Peter is trying to call his dad, is it? Or her, his mom? He's like waiting. He he is expecting that maybe his dad's going to call right. sometime, right. I think. And then the answering machine is not working. Yes. And, and he's like, this is a piece of crap phone, like throws it across the room and whatever. My and dad like, could be calling. Yeah, kind of like basically like mad George. at George, yeah. but it's not even about right. that. But then George just like quietly gets a new one. 
Like, yeah. He he's just like, oh, you're right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna get that fixed right away. Mm-hmm. Like it then dawns on him what that really means to yeah. him. And just that he and like this is something I and, can do for you. Mm-hmm. Like this situation sucks for you. Yeah. But I can make sure you have a phone, even though I know the phone is not the issue. Right. Like he's intentionally not calling you. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that like there's not gonna be a call yeah. for him. Yes. But, but if that's gonna make you feel better, I should be doing that yeah. for you. And then the, just the way he talks to Peter about his parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, he even jokes about it, like when they invite him as kind of a buffer when they first have Anne for lunch. And he's like, I mean, the last time I saw that woman, she whipped a vacuum cleaner at my head. But all right, (laughs) like, I'll be there for you kind of a thing. And he just shows up with the appetizers and he is the perfect buffer. He's like, yep, just going to act like we do this every Sunday. It's just the cutest thing. Like he could be super awkward with her too. And Mm -hmm. and it has been Mm -hmm. like wronged by her too. Mm -hmm. Like that's the whole reason that... Um, you know, he's watching Peter and he could have just big feelings and that would still be understandable. But then there's even a moment there where she just like clears her throat and says, thank you for Mm -hmm. everything. And like, man, that is like, that takes so much humility and Mm -hmm. like, and for him to just be like, oh no, I mean, mean, it's been my pleasure or something like that. He says, but to like Um, see that for what it is, like to not brush it off, but then to also let her know, like, it's okay. I would have done it mm-hmm. a thousand times over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he says to Peter at one point, um, the thing is, Peter, grownups don't know what they're doing any better than kids do. And that's the truth. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. So and it's true. like just so um, true in this story that she showed, like, just because you have kids does not mean you mat- automatically have your life together. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it often highlights the areas where you don't mm-hmm. or you you have postpartum issues going on, which I think she definitely did, too. Mm-hmm. And like you have other factors and like we um i think we even do this as a as a society we say well you're a mother now mm-hmm. okay well that's yes all the more reason to get and maintain your health and your mental mm-hmm. stability but also a challenge to those things right. sometimes and so i just thought that they did a good job of that and then i don't even remember who said this oh actually i think it was one of ann's doctors that she actually mm-hmm. felt like finally oh, helped yeah. her mm-hmm. in the um, institution she was at who just kept saying that we repeat what we don't repair mm-hmm. and it was so interesting that she's done these egregious things right mm-hmm. I mean treated Peter awful his whole life mm-hmm. and like been in and out of different medications and whatever and then ended up shooting somebody yeah. and that she is still though doing the work to repair it yeah and like it the other thing that was great about that though was that she she may never be like fully okay mm-hmm. you know what I mean and they made that kind of clear like she may always be uncomfortable right that relationship may not be fully restored at any point right there, it may only get so far yeah and again that's something else in a lot of stories where they like make this dramatic restoration mm-hmm. instead of the reality of the fact that you can have forgiveness and you can have growth without full restoration of a relationship mm-hmm. like some things point. are broken to a certain point where yeah they may stay that way right. you know right. so I just thought that that was just so good yeah i don't know um let me ask you what do you think about the title of the book and what it means oh so that is like referring to their dinner that they have i think right kate and peter at their anniversary Mm. when he said she they're talking about how he proposed to her Mm -hmm. and it wasn't it was more like we're gonna get married right Right. like i've always loved you like this is what we're doing now that we're like reconnected Uh and 
um, kind of saying that she was disappointed in that, like mm-hmm. you did not actually propose. Right. That didn't count. Right. And he was like, well, what if I did again? And she's like, she just said like, yes, mm. like right away before he finished gotcha. talking. And so that's kind of the whole thing. Like I would go through this all mm-hmm. with you again and mm-hmm. you're my person kind of thing is how I took okay. it. But. And then as you're mentioning that, it's making me think about all the different relationships like Francis and Lena. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't even talk about how he yeah. was cheating on yeah. her and just kind of the ups and downs of their relationship mm-hmm. where suddenly it became it kind of switched from like a husband and wife to patient and caretaker, caretaker yeah and how she couldn't kind of see him the same yeah. way and then what you know that kind of being in that state of mind he had this affair but then she has a cancer diagnosis mm-hmm. and so it's kind of flipped and i think he gets some perspective yeah. Yeah. on that and, and that he still did truly love her through all that exactly. like, and loved that she was there for him, right. could hold both of those things together, mm-hmm. that it wasn't just like, oh, well, she doesn't want to sleep with me anymore. And so I'm going to go get mine. Exactly. It like, wasn't like that. It right. was this like heartbreaking, yeah. you know, kind of fell into it. Yeah. And this, this, I thought that part was written really well too, like them trying to be intimate or anything mm-hmm. like their contact after his mm-hmm. incident, like was so... I felt like realistic of what might happen when you're under that kind of stress as a couple, you know? Yeah, I think so. And so that can almost be the, you know, if there is the willingness to want to work on a relationship, Mm -hmm. there can be a yes answer. But if, if no one's even asking, then there's nothing because Mm -hmm. Brian didn't even ask. Yeah. But in all these other relationships, it seemed like there was at least from one party and then the other, like, a, a willingness, yeah. you know, yeah. c- could we keep doing this? And maybe you do have to keep asking yourself mm-hmm. that and like kind of the recommitment yeah. to the, to the relationship, yeah. whatever it is. I love that. I even got that sense with Anne with the stalking, mm-hmm. like it was creepy, yeah, but it was also like this weird way of her showing up in her yeah. own like, I'm going to show up and just be here. She didn't actually ever try and do anything. Right. And I don't know that she ever would have if Kate hadn't come so. out. It was like, I'm going to show up and know that he's okay, mm-hmm. even though this is a really inappropriate way to do mm-hmm. it. She just because didn't she's know. still going to be like messed up. Yeah, you know she what didn't I mean? know any other way. So I just yeah. thought that that was interesting too. Like I'm going to be here, mm-hmm. even though I shouldn't be sitting in a car yeah. outside their house. Even if you don't know about <laughs> it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so interesting. Well, I think that is it. Thanks so much for listening and reading along with us, everyone. We would love to hear what you thought of this book. There's a lot to talk about. So you know where you can find us on Instagram. We're Hi Girls Next Door. And find our Girl Next Door podcast page on Facebook. Our website is girlnextdoorpodcast.com where you can find the show notes from this episode and all of our episodes. And then our email address is highgirlsnextdoor at gmail.com. Thanks so much for dropping in. Until next time, be neighborly. All right. Well, I think that's all. We would love to hear what you guys have to say about this book. I think there's a lot to discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much for listening. We would... Nope. See, I went off script. <laughs> off the script. Try that again. Yeah. If it's an emergency, just give me a signal yeah. <laughs> and I'll save everything.